0: Hi, this is Tom Compton. You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to talk about financial matters. And these types of issues are cropping up all over the country. And Chuck Carlson, who lives in Colorado, learned about a piece of legislation. Chuck, why don't you explain what prompted you to write this letter that we're going to have Leslie read entitled Devaluation Risk of Shekel Bonds.
1: Uh, we found out that the state of Colorado is considering uh, very seriously, passing a piece of legislation that's going into a committee has a lot of sponsors. The committee will, as a finance committee, and they'll probably report it out favorably and could be voted on right away. And the bill says it's a one-liner. It's one of those wonderful short bills that actually the kind of things that are easy to pass because they're so easily understood. And it simply says investment of state money. Now, I was talking about the state of Colorado's money limitation. And then this is the law. The state treasurer may, in the state treasurer's discretion, invest such money in debt obligation backed by the full faith in Israel and faith and credit of the state of Israel. So very simply, we have to go and look at how the treasurer can invest the monies of the state. And we found out that they can't invest in any foreign countries. The only thing they invest in is U.S.-type Uh, investments primarily and originally they started out buying probably mostly treasury bonds so we find out that there are many states now that and and even cities that have allowed uh, they've been pressured into allowing the monies of those jurisdictions to be invested in Israel's bonds and we happen to know something about Israel's bonds and so we looked into it a little bit and found out that probably one of the worst credits that anyone could invest in is the state of Israel. So we wrote this letter to the legislatures and along with this other organization which uh, is helping me and which I'm helping them, uh, BDS, they call it. We're going to uh, go down and, and talk to the legislatures and try to convince them they shouldn't pass this legislation. So uh, I think the appropriate thing now is to read the letter that we sent to the legislature.
2: The valuation risk of shekel bonds, posted by Charles E. Carlson, February 24, 2013, Dear members of the Colorado State Legislature, in response to SB 13-176, a bill to, quote, authorize the state treasurer to invest state's money in debt obligation backed by full faith and credit of the state of Israel. This paper is to inform legislators of the inherent risk of investing in foreign currencies, and in the long-term sinking value of Israel's currencies, which do not seem to be well-known and purposely difficult to obtain, but which are historical facts. Such records are blacked out and unavailable from Israel's central bank, which only provides the latest year's data. The Federal Reserve Bank of New York does not offer any historic quotes on the shekel, though it covers most major currencies. The new shekel, NIS, was adopted in 1985, made effective January 1, 1986, as the third currency in Israel's 66-year history, and its exchange rate was then 1.5 NIS to one U.S. dollar, from whence it declined to where today 3.68 NIS are needed buy one US dollar. This would mean a 59.2% decline in value. From 2003 to 2008, the shekel actually appreciated briefly in terms of US dollars, recovering about 15% of its decline since 1985. Notwithstanding, a new shekel bond bought for $1,000 in 1985 would fetch only $410 today. Mechanics of devaluation. All Colorado-permitted investments are dollar-delineated for a very good reason. To buy Israel-issued bonds, the state of Colorado must effectively convert its dollars to shekels. Israel does not and cannot sell dollar bonds. The present Colorado statutes do not authorize a single investment repayable in a foreign currency, and the U.S. Constitution does not allow any state to use another currency except the U.S. dollar. Foreign currency denominated instruments are open to currency fluctuation and devaluation risk. Interest and principal payments on Israeli bond investment is then paid in shekels which must be converted back to dollars before the state can pay bills. Therefore, it is clear if the value of the shekel declines, as it has done most of Israel's history, the state would have less dollars to spend. Foreign currency-denominated instruments are open to currency fluctuation and devaluation risk. Interest and principal payments on Israeli bond investments is then paid in shekels, which must be converted back to dollars before the state can pay bills. Therefore, it is clear if the value of the shekel declines, as it has done most of Israel's history, the state would have less dollars to spend. Foreign currencies are inherently dangerous because devaluation is a political decision. To illustrate, some Coloradans have lost money in Mexican bank peso accounts that pay or used to pay high interest rates but have devalued several times, drastically diluting both principal and interest. There is no guarantee against devaluation because it is done in the dark of night by political edict, which is necessarily a secret. The full faith and credit of Israel means only that the state of Colorado will get back the same number of shekels that is invested, but there is no telling how many dollars those shekels will convert back into. In the past, it has usually been less than the amount invested. In fact, in its short life, Israel has devalued its currency many times. Its policy until 2000 allows constant devaluation. I quote from historical exchange rates of Asian countries. Quote, up till now, Israel still maintained a crawling exchange band where the upper limit depreciates at a rate of 6% per year. The lower limit depreciates at a rate of 2% per year, and the width of band at the end of 1999 was about 44.5%. About 80 separate incidents of Israel currency devaluation and downward adjustment were found between 1967 and 2000. To illustrate the impact of devaluation, be it a creeping one or sudden, let us look at Venezuela that devalued its Bolivar by 32% in February 2013. Procter and Gamble Company, which does business there, immediately announced two shareholders a currency exchange loss of between two hundred million to two hundred and seventy-five million. Every American holder of Venezuela bonds has also lost about one third of their capital. Keep in mind Venezuela is not a third world state. It is a major oil producer and trading partner with the USA, but this did not stop it from devaluing. Countries devalue their currencies in order to gain trading advantage over other countries. A nation need not be insolvent to devalue. Some businessmen in Israel now want even greater devaluation to make vacationing there more competitive with southern Europe and Israeli goods cheaper in the world market. At the present time, Spain, Italy, Greece, Ireland, and even France are also candidates for devaluation. London Financial Times, February 21, 2013, wrote, quote, Loose monetary policy adopted by major central banks around the world could spill over into a series of competitive devaluations, Conclusion. The future for shekel bonds cannot be known by this writer nor by the treasurer of Colorado. Past statutes? seems to take for granted that the state of Colorado treasurer has no business taking a currency speculation risk with taxpayer money. The valuation risk is all the reason that is needed to trash SB 13-176. The legislature should not invite the treasurer to take unusual risk with state funds by approving investments in any foreign currency, especially not one with a history of multiple devaluations. Additional possible risk of USA disinvestment, while not necessary to the argument of excess risk of shekel investment, it is noteworthy that there are growing political, religious, and humanitarian movements afoot to compel the U.S. Congress to curtail aid for Israel's military establishment. If the U.S. government were to discontinue military aid to Israel, as it is being increasingly pressured to do, it can be reasonably expected that Israel would have no choice but massive devaluation in order to pay for its military establishment, the largest and most expensive in the Middle East. The likelihood of this happening cannot be calculated, but the legislature should be aware of it. Past shekel weakness is largely attributed to Israel's disproportionately large military budget. The cost of the 1967 war and other wars appears to have forced Israel to abandon the high pound as its currency. I call the legislature's attention to one such movement that could have sudden and dramatic negative impact on Israel's monetary policy. Fifteen Protestant and Catholic Church leaders, having more than 25 million members combined, have formally asked the U.S. Congress for what amount to sanctions against Israel. They state in part, quote, We have also witnessed widespread Israeli human rights violations committed against Palestinians, including killing of civilians, home demolition, and forced displacement, and restrictions on Palestinian movement, among others. We recognize that each party, Israeli and Palestinian, bears responsibilities for its actions and we therefore continue to stand against all violence, regardless of its source. Our stand against violence is complemented by our commitment to the rights of all Israelis as well as all Palestinians to live in peace and security. Further, we request, therefore, that Congress hold Israel accountable to these standards by making the disbursement of U.S. military assistance to Israel contingent on the Israeli government's compliance with applicable U.S. laws and policies. As Israel is the single largest recipient of U.S. foreign aid since World War II, it is especially critical for Israel to comply with the specific U.S. laws that regulate the use of U.S. supplied weapons. We also encourage Congress to support inclusive, comprehensive, and robust regional diplomacy to secure a just and lasting peace that will benefit Israelis, Palestinians, and all the peoples of the region and the world, unquote. I will be on hand at the Finance Committee hearing to raise this issue and answer questions. Yours very truly, Charles E. Carlson.
0: All right, thank you. That was great, Chuck. And I would guess that whoever is behind it is not really concerned about the investment results from the state of Colorado, but rather than promoting the state of Israel. I mean, it is pretty amazing that only one country is being introduced. Yes,
1: and of course the reason for this is that Israel, Israeli bonds a higher rates of return than the U.S. bonds do because U.S. bonds are propped up by the Federal Reserve System, and uh, so they're paying very low interest rates. So people are lured into the idea of investing in these high-paying bonds issued by other countries. And uh, in our research and doing this paper, Tom, uh, we went and tried to find out what the history of the uh, Israeli shekel was, and I was amazed to learn that it. It's the third currency the countries had. The first two currencies essentially went bust and were thrown in the trash can. They essentially became worthless. So Israel actually issued a pound back in 1948 when it was formed. It then fought several wars, the 1948 war, the 1956 war, the constant wars against the Palestinian people. And then in 1967, they fought the war against three or four Arab countries at one time, and they also sank the USS Liberty at that time. And by that time, they had completely destroyed their currency to where it was virtually valueless. So then they issued a new shekel. It was actually called Shekel or something like that. And it, it's now known as the Old Shekel because a few years later, they then reintroduced a the new shekel. And as uh, I think you pointed out, the conversion rate on the Old Shekel to the New Shekel was... Uh, was 1,000 old shekels for one new shekel. So that tells you that if you had a $1,000 bond payable in old shekels, uh, the new shekel, you, you'd have $1 bond. So uh, so Israel's history of debasing their currency is proportionate to their war effort, and the, they've completely destroyed their currency these times. Now, since the year 2000, their currency has been sort of stable against the dollar, And the reason for that is because the United States has fought so many more wars than Israel has, and we've we've spent so much money financing our wars that our currency has actually been going down, and it makes the Israeli currency look good. But if you compare the Israeli currency to other currencies, such as the euro or the British pound, you'd see that the Israeli currency has continued to dribble on down through even these last 10 years. In the meantime, Israel is going out and talking all kinds of Americans into funding its warring efforts by buying its bonds. And uh, so it's no accident that there are now some 50 jurisdictions in the United States, that cities and states, that now are allowed to buy and do buy the bonds issued by the state of Israel. One of those is the state of Minnesota. And we just found out that a group had sued the state of Minnesota for doing this, but they lost the suit because the the state law in the state of Minnesota specifically allowed them to buy the bonds of foreign countries. So their approach to it was, uh, I won't go into their approach, but there are some other people waking up to this and they're actually trying to get out from under the idea of funding Israel, many of them for humanitarian reasons. They're not even concerned about the state's money. But uh, in our approach to the legislature, uh, we're going to point out, that the state is at mortal risk buying the currency of a deadbeat country that's already gone broke on two currencies and is fighting constant wars, and it has the biggest military establishment relative to the size of the country of any state in the world, much bigger than the Soviet Union or North Korea or anyone like that. Their military establishment is enormously expensive and, of course, will eventually destroy their currency when the United States stops propping up Israel by giving it $3 billion a year to keep their military establishment going. With that, I'll conclude if there's any questions.
0: No, I think that was a very good report, and uh, it is interesting that, of course, on the other side, there is an effort here uh, in the U.S. and around the world, as we mentioned, boycotts, divestments, and sanctions against the Actions of the Israeli, so that is mounting uh, all over the world, and right, and it's being now picked up by
1: churches, and and we say to the legislatures, that's another reason you hadn't better do this. If you think Israel's reformed and they don't have any problems and they're never going to devalue their currency again, take another look. What's going to happen if these European states in Southern Europe, uh, like Greece, and uh, in Northern Europe, Ireland? and uh, Italy, and a few in Spain, what if they devalue as they're talking about doing? Israel has to compete with their t- for their tourists. So if their money goes down, Israel will lose all the tourist business to, uh, to the uh, to the French Riviera and the uh, Greek islands and so on uh, because it'll become cheaper to go there. So Israel's response to this kind of thing is they devalue too. And this is all done in the dark of the night, and if you'll hold it a Bond payable in euros, and, and the country decides they need a cheaper euro, or if you have shekel bonds, and Israel decides they need a cheaper shekel, uh, you simply pay the price right then and there. It, it happens overnight, as has happened in Mexico many times, where people invested in Mexico and then found that their currency lost a third of its value overnight.
0: Wow. Thanks, everyone.